0: So, Joseph, let's just cut right into it. Mm -hmm. Where are you and what are you doing? I am calling Nyla Westedge, my boss, to the pod that I basically was housed in uh, before I, you know, became not sentient, but was allowed to walk around the base. Is my, like, assassination pod where they kept me. And I think I'm calling her in to uh, go over the, uh, you know, Maybe I bring up the specifics of, like, the last uh, mission we were in. And, like, I have more questions about, like, a robot that has blood. You know, that's weird. Uh, I need some answers. Do you know something, you know? As a robot, I'm curious. And that could be the basis. Sure. Yeah, she, you know, doesn't ask many questions. She, like, mm-hmm. picks up the phone instantly. You know, she she heads over to your pod. Uh, remind me where your pod is and what kind it kind of looks like. I don't know exactly where it is. Uh, I would be like, I assume it'd be like somewhere kind of hidden away, maybe even underground. Um, sure. But like, it was just going to be like basically like a room essentially with like a pod in the middle where I would be like hooked up and then maybe some like books laying around and like mechanical pieces. It's not really like set up any other way. It's very bare bones. I always imagine it's kind of like one of those abandoned like cargo containers that just never gets opened just like unaccounted for in any manifest (laughs) yeah yeah we'll we'll Uh, say that yeah sure whatever um Mm -hmm. but yeah she shows up opens the door because of course she has a key to your place Mm -hmm. um and you know walks in um and she you know looks at you and says okay what what is it uh quick out of character question do like is there any relationship that i have with nyla like I don't think we've had a history we never went over it but like does she even like like me <laughs> or am i just um, like a, an employee you know well you had the chance to say you had a relationship with her but you did not declare that you did so she has no feelings for you okay. besides being a coworker. i figured yeah that like nothing else was going on um okay i'm probably leaning against the the pod and joseph says nyla i'm very happy that you came. I have something very important that I want to bring up to you. Okay. All I ask is that you let me finish my thought before you tell me your reaction. Is that okay? He nods. Also, I think this is... She would pick up that, like, Joseph seems visibly nervous as well. <laughs> like, he, he may be, like, shuffling his fingers and, like, looking towards the floor. Um, but he probably breathes a long sigh... And he says, during our operation on the factory, I met another individual as I was stealing the data. His name was Glass New Lane, and when I surprised him, he did not shoot me. Glass was looking for the same information as I was, so we managed to both swipe a copy. Glass gave me his number, wanted to keep in contact, and we met again recently. Nyla, I... Had to know why he didn't try to kill me. Why he was so friendly with a machine. Glass is not a clusterus. He belongs to Gold House, And he knows I'm a peacekeeper. And he wants to remain friends. Doing so would require me to divulge peacekeeper information. And that I cannot do. Not alone. You are the only other person I have told this to. I believe we could work together. Because we might not have this opportunity ever again. Hmm. Trying to decide whether to make you roll or not. Yeah, I really wish I could. This is what I was telling you. I wish I could get this fucking <laughs> speech skills <laughs> up. I realized I'd be talking to so many people. So here's your the option I'll give you. Mm-hmm. You can not roll if you'd like. You can take the default result, which I have, you know, written out like the, the, mid, the midway one. Sure. Uh, or you can risk it for the biscuit and try to roll and get a better result. But you may also risk getting get a, worse a one. much worse result as well. Yeah. I mean, the much worse result is me not playing anymore. <laughs> so I don't know if I want to do that. Um, I might just go the default route on this one then. I mean, I wouldn't remove you from the game if you failed this. You wouldn't? No, it would just make your life harder. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> um... But I'm cool with either one because, you know, it will like if you fail the roll, it will affect you. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm thinking. And it's like I already have such a low fucking score in this anyways that I feel like I'm going to get fucked over. Like, I don't we don't exactly roll well in this game. <laughs> so it would be a risk. But I could would I be able to use uh, stress or something for an extra yeah. dice? You could push yourself. And then is there an extra thing I can do? Like, isn't there, like, a fate point or something? Um, there's a devil's bargain where I tell you a, a bad thing will happen guaranteed, but you'll get another die. You will get an extra die, but you will attract the attention of a major player that has not shown up yet. And it might not be positive. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> uh, um, You know what? Let's have the dice tell the story, Colin. We'll do it. We okay. shall do it. Um. You didn't sound confident there. <laughs> well, I mean, I had to come up with it on the spot, but I, I do have prep for certain things. Okay, because I will roll. I assume this is a sway. Sure, so I, you will get two. That's a consort, actually, because you're consorting oh, a consort. with someone you know, and you're not yeah. really lying either. You're just kind of saying like, hey, this is the stakes. This is the situation. Could I... So I have... Well, I'm looking at my stress. Ooh, I would be put at... So I only have three left for the next mission, though. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah, you could just take the devil's bargain you could risk it for the biscuit you know up to you okay fuck it if i die in the next game i'll know why let's i'm doing i'm pushing myself and i'm doing the devil's bargain is that plus 2d yeah so you'll roll two dice total okay and position risky effect standard it's a desperate position but yes okay all right partial success Hoping, is this like uh, what you would have said anyways? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, so I just uh, lost too stress for no reason. Perfect. Oh, <laughs> well, you, you right. did more than lose too stress, my friend. Um, well, yeah, it's called the devil's bargain for a reason. Okay, so first of all, you get a mark in XP and resolve. Yo, so you, you actually good. move towards getting social skills up, which is good. Um, Nyla kind of listens attentively to you mm. and like nods her head and said, "Okay." Do they know anything else about you besides that you are a peacekeeper? I didn't divulge anything further. Do you know anything else about this individual or Goldhouse? Here's what he told me specifically. I was confused by his reaction to me, so I asked him what Goldhouse's motives were. And from the inside, it seems that they aren't excited about bowing down to aliens. From the opinions I hear on base, uh, neither are we. They believe humanity needs to develop itself, as many have said. Our... Interests may align in terms of the Clusterous Rebellion if we can get them on our side. We might not be able to make them friends with us, but we could make them enemies with the Clusterists, and that could be beneficial for us. I see. Now, let's say things fall through. No peace is made. Goldhouse is on the target board. Well, then we have a prepared assassin that soon will be acquaintances with the head of Goldhouse, ready to act when you give the order. She, um, kind of sighs and, like, rubs her head. Ah, fuck. And then she reaches into her pocket and pulls out this little round device, which you instantly recognize as the device which is used to suspend your operating functions uh, when they put you in the pod. It's like something that they just plug onto your head. And she kind of holds her hand out and says, Joseph, please put this on. I'm sorry, but this is part of the procedure for this sort of thing. Joseph nods. And, uh, he backs into the, uh, pod as he was planning to, uh, and he says, if you would like this to end, we can make that happen. He kind of clears his and says, Joseph, I understand completely, and you are correct, and it is a good idea. This procedure is designed to protect us, as well as you. I promise no harm will come of you. Joseph says nothing. Yeah, Joseph, um... He backs into the pod, and then he says, Either direction earns us success, Nyla. We can slowly integrate Goldhouse into our attacks against the Clusters through talks, or we can sabotage Goldhouse from the inside. It's a win-win. And should we succeed, you can be the one to present the whole operation. If you would like to. We can say you instructed me on it, too. A well-placed plan that ended the rebellion in a few short months. Many would owe you a debt, and then he puts the item on. Some would call you a hero. And he lays back in his pod. Yeah, you shut down. Um, and as you shut down, you know, the systems shut down, like, one by one. Like, a little cascade. <laughs> like, your physical ones go out first. Um, then, like, your uh, processing unit, like, slows down. And there's, like, a brief moment. This, like... For, like, a human, it would be, like, imperceivable, but you're, you're not a human. You feel something connect to you, something, like, really big. Uh, it's like, imagine, like, an ant gets touched by, like, a human, gets, like, picked up just for a second, <laughs> and then put back down, and then it's just black. And then you wake up, you know, there's there's no real, you can't tell how long it's been immediately. Um, but mm-hmm. your internal chronometer kind of slowly speeds up, and you realize it's been 12 hours since you went to sleep. Nyla is standing in front of you, and next to her is Whitecliffe, the Soul Union Emergent Personalities Division agent who interrogated you prior to your assignment with Dusklights. Nyla is looking tired and shaken, but Whitecliffe looks at you without much expression at all. Uh, neither of them is really saying anything and kind of wait for you to say something or make the first move. I nod to Whitecliffe. Hello again. He doesn't say anything. Nyla produces this like data drive. So like brick Mm -hmm. and hands it to you and says, give this to your contact in gold house. It has Intel on it regarding an operation, build trust with them, get us as much information as you can get. If we can hurt them or even take them down, we may be able to get the soul union to throw us some more budget. Finally, this could be very big, but we need, we need someone in there. Joseph is now going to turn his head towards Wycliffe and wait for a response there. She nods to you. Joseph takes the item and he steps out of his pod. We Nyla kind of clears her throat and kind of goes back into the like kind of rehearsed um, speech mm-hmm. type of speaking. She's like, we really appreciate you doing this for the peacekeepers, Joseph, and we want you to know that we will support you through this and that this is a very big move for your people. She kind of cringes a little bit at the end. Yeah, part. Joseph, <laughs> you can't see it on space, but he's cringing, too. <laughs> but he nods and says, thank you for thinking of us. Um, well, I kind of turn to Whitecliffe again just to see. Is there anything else coming from her? Can I get anything? You have, you have dice, right? Um, yeah. Do you have study or survey? You can, no, you can roll, I have you, zero. Can roll at, you can roll a zero die if you want. This is just a gather information roll, so there's no consequences if you fail. Okay, uh, I will do study. Let's study her face. Partial success. It's hard to tell exactly what she is thinking. Your Your best guess is like a thinly veiled contempt and mixed with like a gratefulness that her life gets a little bit more interesting because of this. <laughs> You're not sure exactly why she's here, but presumably it's just part of the procedure Nyla mentioned that she supervises. Gotcha. Okay. I think Joseph just keeps looking through almost like some acknowledgement, you know, or like in fear to be like, is this okay? You know, almost like a kid kid would (laughs) like look to their parent if they're going to do something, you know, it's just he keeps checking on her. But from what he can gather, he gathers that, I suppose, and uh, keeps quiet. But he nods to everyone there and says, You know where to find me, and you know how to reach me. Uh, You know, nylon nods, and they leave you to it. You notice a couple things that have changed while you were unconscious. Mm -hmm. Whitecliff presumably made some modifications to your body. You are not sure what, because you do not have access to the logs for those Mm -hmm. particular things, but presumably it's... um, you know, fail-safe program or she downloaded some logs or something. Strangely enough, there is also another, like, anomaly, which is that besides, you know, Whitecliffe's tamperings, I may figure out how to phrase this in a cool way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> I guess it's like a, kind of more of a feeling than anything. You feel clean. You feel okay. like, I'll use a metaphor because I like metaphors. Like, imagine you had a house of cards, right? Mm -hmm. And it was a pretty good house of cards. And then someone broke it down and then rebuilt it exactly like you made it, but slightly better, imperceptibly better. Like, you couldn't even put your finger on how it's better. And you're not sure why that is. Okay. I think I get you. I'm just generally feeling like something has changed positively within me. Um, I know that, but I don't know what it was. Yes, it's, gotcha. you know, it's like not quite emotional, but maybe it yeah, is. I was going to ask, um, like, is it through my mind or like mechanically? You, it almost feels like you've had a spiritual moment somehow. <laughs> like you kind of feel like a little bit of angel dust is on you. I, I don't know how else <laughs> to put it without giving it away. <laughs> They like, fucking slipped me some psychedelics while I was under. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got you on that robot oh, mushrooms boy. Damn it. <laughs> um it's gotcha. it's weird. It's also a little scary because you can you can tell when Whitecliff does something. They're it's pretty obvious. It's like big black boxes inside yourself. You can't see inside and yeah. there's usually just bad shit behind them. You know that much. Mm-hmm. But this is like totally different and if you really think about it, you felt it in those moments right before you shut down when that whatever it was made contact with you all right hex let's talk about tesco long your reporter friend from star lane news Lately, she's been pressing you for information and kind of straining your friendly relationship. But let's talk about how you first met her and how you became friends in the first place.
2: Yeah. So, back in Hex's corporate life, you know, when he rubbed elbows with the likes of Bluth and Glint, Hex was caught up in another one of Bluth's schemes that he didn't quite agree with. So, at a high level, the reason why Tesco is so, I guess, Forward with asking for tips on his current work is at one point uh, he gave her a tip on Bluth since he didn't quite agree with what was going on there, and so here we are now. She keeps reaching out to him, hoping for more, but he's not as forthcoming these days, and uh, we've yet to explore
1: why.
0: So you receive a message from her on you know whatever device you receive messages on, and all it says is I'm in trouble. Meet me at Trailer. Trailer, presumably meaning her house, where you know uh, where that mm-hmm.
2: is. Okay. <laughs> Hex looks up, you know. It's a, he's in his office at the time of receiving this uh, at his whatever this universe's equivalent of an iPad is. <laughs> <laughs> and he rolls his eyes since he knows... Real, is this from an unknown number? Like, would he know who this is from? Yes, it's from her number.
0: Okay. Actually, it's not... It's okay. from,
2: like, in a burner number. Okay. Well, he has a feeling, since this isn't the first time it's happened. And is this trailer, like, on base where Hex it's, is with the Peacekeepers? Or it's is not
0: it... on base. Since he's not with the Peacekeepers, she lives in the city. It's in the Technology District is where she lives.
2: Okay. Hex has a hunch as to what this is about. And against his better judgment, he decides to go for it. But since he's not a hundred percent, he's gonna bring maybe like I don't know. I don't think he'd be packing heat, so maybe just like a melee weapon or something, like a baton. Yeah, it's like
0: only a short drive. You can get there just from like a, a taxi service.
2: All right. Uh, Hex probably packs this, up his probably yeah. self driving cars at this point. Now that I think okay. about it, so you can just do that. Hex gets in like a Westworld ass vehicle that you know drives it, him over there. He checks his sure. email as on the way. It's very, it's a very nice, thrilling commute.
0: Uh, yeah, Te- Tesco's residence is a small trailer in an unused parking lot in the central city's technology district. It is a grimy, rundown portable housing unit that is really only meant to be used for a year or two. But this one has been used for nearly a decade. Um, some of the external walls are held together by like a generous coating of nail tape, and you see that the door is ajar. And inside, you hear like the slamming of drawers and like some
2: shuffling around. Uh huh. Okay. Well, Hex parks, shuts the engine, and uh, <laughs> takes a deep breath and uh, walks up to the trailer door and knocks on it. Yeah, the door is ajar. Oh, right. Uh, okay, you then. can still knock on it in a jar. No, door. he knocks. You know, like, you, you don't just enter a place. He goes, Hello? Yeah. Like, the noises from inside stop as you, like, knock on the door. <laughs> Hex knocks again. Hello? Am I at the right place? He kind of inches backwards away from the doorframe, though. Now he's a little wary. Thinking that he might have gotten it wrong, your Tesco's voice call out, H- Harold, is is that you? <laughs> All right, Hex feels relieved. Yep, it's me, and he he comes in through the doorway. Come inside just to see her lowering a pistol that she was aiming <laughs> at the doorway. Jesus Christ, Hex <laughs> says, or at least whatever the equivalent is. I don't know if Christianity's a thing in this universe, but whatever. If you want <laughs> Hex to be a Christian, more power to you. <laughs>
0: Herald, <laughs> um, uh, t- t- come here, and she scatters some papers off like her her bed and pulls out this big hard drive. And she closes like, the door behind him and walks in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she takes the hard drive and shoves it into your hands. Take take this. Don't upload it to the network. Don't feed it to any of the AIs on the base. It's it's important. I I, I don't know why, but if anyone can figure out what it is it's you there are some names on there a lot of innocent people that hey, she hey, promised hey, wouldn't get hurt slow down what's going on one of my contacts with the clusters. he gave me this he said it was big he, he went dark I haven't been able to get in contact with him I think he was compromised something you happened you contacts in the clusters yes Harold listen I'm, I'm I might be being followed I'm not sure I don't know what, if he told them anything, but the peacekeepers can't touch this, okay? I need you to understand that. I don't want the peacekeepers looking through this because there are people who didn't do anything wrong who I know would get in a lot of trouble, but I want you to look at it.
2: Just keep it, just keep it private. Can you do that? Harold, Let's head deep side, collects himself. All right, I can do this for you just given what you've done for me in the past, but... I have to know what am I expecting on here, and are you okay? Should I bring you on the base with me? She thinks about that and says, i don't uh, I, I don't
0: know what's on it I't I be looking a hero. Let me know <laughs> i I don't know if some things are really big. Harold. some things are too big for the peacekeepers or or the Clusterists. i i there's just too much information. Okay, I, I know too much. I, I gotta go. I gotta go to ground for a bit. I'll be fine. Just th- that's my new number for now. I'll, I'll send you a letter or something if it changes.
2: All right. I trust your judgment. I mean, you've come this far. He gestures towards the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if that changes, let me know. You don't. I know how big this can get. It. He's referencing the last mission they were on. <laughs> so don't feel bad. Reaching out for help, all right? Yeah, you. Th- I know thanks. I haven't been forthcoming, but... You know, no, i There's no reason to get hurt here.
0: I know. Um, I'm sorry for being such a shitty friend lately. I hope this does something. All right. Any idea on when I'd be hearing back from you, or...? She, like, pulls on a coat, and, like, starts walking off the door with, like, a loosely held-together briefcase. And just says, I... I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm just imagining things, you know? Maybe it's fine. But, uh, just, uh, I don't know.
2: Figure it out, Harold. I gotta go. And she just, like, starts half-jogging out into the city. Alright. Hex looks at the hard drive and <laughs> looks back to his car and just exits the trailer and starts driving back to base silently. No music on the radio.
0: Damn. Not even knew
2: Nope, not even Space Nuja best. You know, this is the timeline where he didn't die. That's so good. That's why everything's so great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. What do you do with this hard drive? All right. Well, I absolutely don't <laughs> put it on the system or anything akin to that. Actually, does let's assume Hex has a personal computer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he he's been around the block. He knows that he needs to air gap this from any other systems. So what he does is he, before he, he goes to base, picks up his laptop, all that jazz. And in his car, you know, he goes airplane mode, disables anything that could connect to any other mm-hmm. systems. And he plugs it in. What does he find? Uh, give me a study roll. Ooh. Okay. I didn't realize checking folders. Was that tough? Person. Um, Player's heck study. Oh man, you haven't been hitting the books lately, fucking meathead. Is this risky, controlled, or desperate? Um, that's a great question.
0: Yeah, let's. Um, let's
2: he's look controlled. Okay, all right, desperate. All right, all right roll it.
0: Versus success.
2: Okay, oh, my computer blows up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's see. Oh, man. Let me let me tell you a couple things. All right. Um you take a quick look at the data drive. It is the reason you can't just discern what it is, is that it is a humongous amount of information. Like if you ever get an email like with invoices uh, and they're all just like numbers mm-hmm. instead of yep. like any title, that's what this is. It is a ridiculous okay. amount of information, like more than you could hope to ever even begin to ascertain anything. But you did get a partial success. <laughs> so what I will tell you is that this is a money trail. There are shipping manifests, addresses, logistics reports, unlabeled item purchases from off-planet. And at first glance, a lot of them seem, like, unrelated. Like, it's just, like, they're Mm -hmm. buying empty crates or whatever, and they're shipping it to, like, a a shipping yard. It's like, that's not that weird, but all of it Mm -hmm. being here, and the fact that someone presumably maybe died over this information gives you the sense that there is something bigger here something that you could uncover um, mm-hmm. and you know like as you like go through some of these PDFs you click one and you notice like the airplane mode indicator on your laptop flickers <laughs> for like, half a second and like it just says oh file corrupted and oh it's, no. it's just that one file and just that little flicker maybe it was a visual glitch who knows but you know as you're like t- where, where were you where did you say you were like parking lot, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: where is this?
2: Like right outside where you saw Tesco. Uh, yeah. Let's let's say it's just like a random ass like paid parking lot in the city. Sure. Like he went to base and then he went off base to do this since he didn't want to connect to any networks. Yeah. A uh, a car pulls up next to you. Oh fuck! Um, it has
0: like <laughs> Soul Union plates on it. Peacekeeper, and yeah. out of it comes uh, Nyla and. You know, two soldiers who have, like, no identifying information on them. And she kind of just, like, knocks on the window.
2: Hex rolls it down. To what do I owe the pleasure?
0: Harold, I'm very sorry for the interruption, but I need you to go with these two here.
2: Happy to. Mind telling me why?
0: Uh, I can't, but you're not in trouble or anything. It's just regarding Joseph. And she, like, rubs her face.
2: Can a Hex inspect Nyla just to see if she's being forthcoming? Like, is her hand on her pistol or something? <laughs> Are you paranoid, boy? <laughs> Hex is very paranoid. <laughs> yeah, give me a survey. Let's do desperate.
0: <laughs> well, this isn't desperate, actually. This is just uh, controlled. Well, partial success. You get the impression that she's not really hiding anything from you. She has her hands tied by some bureaucratic mess, and you get the feeling that it is... Just a coincidence that she's here now. Hmm.
2: All right. Um, Which is disconcerting, almost. Well, Hex doesn't want to just leave this here. Hmm. What about my car? I could follow you. Oh, we can just send it back to uh, the base. All right. Hex shuts his laptop and uh, pockets the hard drive as he's stepping out of the car.
0: So, Loyal, tell me about your nightmares. You're going to have them now, probably far more frequently than you used to, but I'd like to get an idea of how they manifest for you, if they're any different for dolphins, and uh, what they've been about.
1: If they're new, I imagine they're mostly about maze. Loyal is swimming in a water current corridor, and like sees her drowning in the distance and can never reach her and she's like screaming out, but bubbles are flowing out of her mouth, and she's also disintegrating and turning into other smaller dolphins, like the little the little dolphin who was writing his report on his favorite person or whatever, some role model, and I was Sunlit, And those are like swarming around him and saying why didn't you save me? Why aren't you home? Why don't you belong anywhere? What is your home? What is your planet? Why didn't you save me? And they also turn into bubbles.
0: So is this like a reoccurring dream?
1: Yeah. Except sometimes the dolphins that come out of maze say different things with different people in his life. Maybe some of his co-workers from Europa.
0: Um, let's say you're having that, dr- that, that nightmare again. Um, mm-hmm. But... This time, you know, Maze is in the water, but you are able to reach her, and she does not dissolve into dolphins like she usually does. Um, Mm -hmm. She's just kind of, you know, thrashing about in the water, like reaching out for you to to grab her.
1: Oh. Uh, He would allow her to grab onto his dorsal fin and attempt to take her to the surface.
0: Yeah, you let her grab onto you. And she is so heavy this time. And it's like the water itself is, like, pulling her down and pulling you down by extension. And you, like, look back at her and all the water around her is just blood. Just red, sticky blood. And, like, weaving around her, like, tying her down, pulling her down into the, the blood or these... Wires, these bleeding wires that you recognize from your time in the assembly room with the uh, remnant of martyrdom, with TKR, and the lucidity of your dream—like the ability to to control it, to change things—very quickly escapes your grasp, and you are just pulled down. And you feel these wires like piercing your skin, like sewing themselves into you, sewing your eyes shut. In your, your blowhole, your mouth, and is pulling you into this red, dark abyss beneath you. But then you wake up.
1: Yeah. I think he wakes himself up by, like, thrashing and hitting the side of his head against his exopod, the glass.
0: Mm. I think when you thrash about and you hit your head on the exopod, a little bit of blood comes out from, like, your... Your melon, like a little scratch. Nothing serious, but you have that little bit of that cloudy blood just in the exopod now, and you know, it gets filtered out, like it usually mm-hmm. does, but
1: Yeah. That's good. There's like a couple seconds where he thinks he's still in the dream because the blood is still in the water. He doesn't know if he's awake or not, and then he sees his dingy apartment with his little shrimp tank <laughs> next to him. He's like, Oh right I'm still here.
0: Uh and you have an appointment with the head chef today, right? To help prepare some meals. I do. In the early days of the war, it will used to all be prepackaged meals and these like hyper-efficient nutrient supplements. However, now with like almost a decade into the occupation, the menu is a lot more diverse. Um, both of you have shared a love for food, and you've actually taken to help him prepare some food in your spare time in the past as well. But this is the first time we'll really look at it. And according to this chart, he is your closest friend on Terra Brea. How long has his friendship
1: been going? I feel like we hit it off fairly early in my deployment. He was one of the first people to talk to me. Maybe he like has a history of knowing that dolphins really appreciate seafood cuisine, and we bonded over that. I would help him prepare fish. And over the years, part of what Sunlet does in the, like, body of water on Terebrea is he helps catch some local fish and shellfish. And brings it to Mr. Chef, whose name is Luigi Solare? Sol- Luigi Solare. Luigi Solare. Yes, I know him. We are foodies together.
0: Uh, what are you helping him make today? What are you bringing him?
1: That's a good point. What kind of fish live in the lake. I'm assuming they're like weird alien fish, or maybe they're not. Maybe they're convergently evolved.
0: Um, so there are the the area around Brea City is terraformed specifically, mm-hmm. so a lot of that will actually be Earth fish. But if you get mm-hmm. something from like the rivers, um, there will be more like I think the rivers have like you know space prawns and other up- <laughs> space fish, you know, that are they're all aquatic but a little different than Earth animals in a way that I will not bother explaining.
1: Okay, I think I'm gonna be bringing him some... God, what are they called? It's slipping my mind. It's the like, ones that are shaped like marshmallows, but they're made out of fish, and also they're shellfish. Scallops? Scallops, yes. <laughs> I'm bringing Luigi some scallops that I have dredged up from the lake bed. Great. They're freshwater scallops somehow. It works differently here.
0: Uh, that's totally valid. Uh, yeah, you, you bring him into the cafeteria, and, you know, Luigi gives you a big greeting. He says,
1: Sunlith, how are you, my friend? I'm doing Well... I brought some fresh scallops for you today.
0: He grabs the scallops and, like, places them on a little cutting board. Um, There's a lot of, you know, you're in the kitchen. There's a lot of cooking implements here. Everyone, we all know what a kitchen looks like. As you explain your state of mind, he kind of fixes you with a concerned look. And you feel, like, a low tingling in your brain. Like, a really minor empathic connection. He's kind of, like, probing you to see if you want to talk.
1: I don't want to yet. And if he's able to, like... Get that message without me saying anything. I send that. It's like, I just want to cut these. I just want to open these scallops. I just want to prepare fish. I want to think next to another person for a while. Uh, he he picks
0: up on that. He understands. And, you know, he just looks down, like smiles, and just gives you some instructions on scallop pre- preparation. I don't... Do scallops have
1: shells originally? Let me look up a scallop. Ooh, they're weird. They look like... A very classic shell, like the kind you'd find on the beach. In fact, if anyone has been on the beach, they've probably found one of these shells. It's like a super classic fan-style seashell.
0: Oh, yeah, so like a mermaid like, would come out of.
1: Like a mermaid would come out of, exactly, or that they'd have for their bra. Um, and we're, like, shucking these open, I guess. I have some, like, tools, or maybe I don't have tools. I'm just using my dexterous robot appendages that are built into my exopod to open these up, and I suppose I feel the need to start making some small talk with Luigi, my friend, and I ask him, so anything new happening around the kitchen these days?
0: Well, uh, with all the, uh, budget cuts and such, we've had less mouths, mouths to feed, so I've actually been able to make... This is not his voice. He's Italian. I have to do an Italian voice. <laughs> with all the budget cuts, I've, uh, this is not Italian either, but we're just gonna have to make do with it. It's a future. future Italian. With all the budget cuts, uh, we've had a lot more time to focus on what we're making because there's less malice to feed. I've uh, been doing some gourmet stuff like scallops like this. You know, usually I'd have to put this in a giant soup, but now we can actually like sear them and make it nice and good for everyone uh, who's not allergic. That is.
1: <laughs> That's nice that says, like, very clearly, not absorbing this information, but still trying to be polite.
0: Uh, Tana, if you're supposed to, uh, could you put those in the, the other bin? You're putting them in the shell bin. And he kind of points out how you've been putting the shocked scallops in the discard bin.
1: Oh, blowholes. I'm sorry, Luigi. I just haven't felt like myself lately. Do you want to, uh, talk about it? How long have we been here together? How many years now? 10 years. Do you ever wonder what we're doing here and if we are getting into something above our heads that we don't understand?
0: Well, I just cook the food, but I don't know. I, I trust the people who sent us here to know that we're doing something good, but you see a lot more than I see, Sunlith.
1: <laughs> you see a lot here, too. This is one of the gathering places. This is where people all come to eat, talk to each other. How, how how does morale seem? Have people been saying any strange stories? Have you overheard anything unusual lately?
0: He kind of uh, frowns a little and says, People are not uh, as happy or as motivated as they were when we first got here. Everyone can see that this could be over if we just had a little more resources, but we're sitting on the fence. People are dying. We don't have any other choice. It's just
1: the way it is. That's- to be expected but it's not really what i'm talking about i feel like i don't know how much i'm allowed to talk about with luigi here i don't know how much clearance he has on <laughs> high level military operations so i'm trying to like well, choose like, my ways carefully
0: your relationship with him is very strong so like i just, he's like you would trust him to keep it quiet even if you did talk about it but it's mostly if you want to expose him to that sort of information that is the concern more than like a security clearance
1: thing well, maybe depending on, like, what his level of psychic connection is, he's just, like, getting some of this anyways. But Sunlith says, I've seen something recently, that some things recently that I can't explain. I just, I thought I was here for a really simple reason. We're all came here for a very simple reason, to protect something, or at least. Some of us have, and I just, I don't know what to think about this place anymore.
0: He, like, reaches out psychically to you again, just as you, like, dwell on these thoughts. And he's, you know, in the meantime, like, shucking these scallops. And you feel him probe you a little bit, and then you don't know if it's your subconscious or something else, but something pulls him deeper into your mind. And you see his face like shift instantly to like distress and his hand slips and the little knife he's been opening these shells with cuts across his hand and you see like blood just, not a lot, but some just splatter on the countertop. Some of it landing in a little bowl of salt water, just clouding it. And he like shakes his head and he's like, oh, I'm, uh, uh. And as he's, you know, sputtering, someone clears her throat behind you and you see Nyla there flanked by a couple of soldiers. They aren't dressed like the typical military police. They have no identifying markings on their uniform. And she says, Loyal, I'm sorry to barge in here, but something came up. I'll need you to go with these two. They have some questions for you. I can't tell you more right now. I'm
1: sorry. Okay. If the exit suit I was in was capable of, like, jumping in surprise, it would. But I think it has safeguards against that, since it is so large and heavy. But I say, Oh, okay, just one second. And I turn back to luigi you know, like, I'm like i'm sorry let me let me take this from you and i try to like help him a little bit probably very awkwardly just like trying to take the knife out of his hands trying to like find where the nearest first aid kit is to help him and i'm just kind yeah, of he, making a mess of it in the process
0: yeah he kind of like like gestures that he's fine and like you know kind of waves you off and like kind of touches your hand with his hand and some blood rubs off on your exopod um, and he, like, goes to a little nearby medical cabinet and starts dressing himself up and he says, I'll, uh, i i am fine. Just, uh, t- attend to your, your- your things. I can finish up here. I can finish up here.
1: I- okay. Okay. We'll talk later. And then I, like, hold my robot hand in front of my face with the blood on it for a second and then wipe it off on the nearest dish rag. Okay. Uh, okay. And then I go with Nyla. Nyla doesn't come with you. Mm, I go with the muscle.
0: You're on a remote test site about an hour's flight away from the city in the South River Valley. The vector mines have called you down here to test your new interface with the changeling. Very few people live down here, and it's ideal for this type of live fire exercise. This exercise involves a number of long-range targets being shot into the air at high speeds for you to destroy. However, alongside these targets are a number of barricades which pop out of the ground in front of you to block your line of sight. The goal of the exercise is to determine how close your mind's reaction time is in comparison to the changelings with your new skin interface. So far you've been able to keep up, but as you reset again for the final round you hear Ziggurat's voice in your ear. Garrett, we will be disabling certain limiters for this final round. Do not be alarmed and proceed as usual once the klaxon sounds. And with that you feel something shift in the changeling, something subtle and indistinct. There's an electric, almost pulling sensation on your body, but before you can linger on it, the klaxon sounds. Eight targets erupt into the air, and as they do, barricades fire up simultaneously, blocking your view. What do you do? Uh, well, I assume... So the idea is that he has to, like, duck and weave between these targets and then uh, transition into battle mode to hit them with his railgun because they're very far away, right? That's the plan, yeah. So he just immediately gets right into it. He shifts into speed mode and uh, tries to rock it off between the barricades. Great. Let's get a maneuver roll.
1: Love to be rolling maneuver.
0: That doesn't look great. Two, two, and a three. Oh, shit. Uh, Yeah, you fly forward trying to get around this barricade, but whatever change Ziggurat just made caused the controls to become way too sensitive you jet forward and you clip the edge of the wall and this causes you to slow down and spin and by the time you reorient yourself and get clear you notice that the targets have almost hit the ground leaving very little time for you to react um what do you do all right so now i can transform and bombard yeah you can bombard i would hear battle as well okay I mean, yeah, that kind of makes more sense because they're not exactly stationary targets. It's not really a sniping situation. So yeah, let's battle. Do I do I have to use the railgun? Like, is that the whole point? Is to like test like the changing between forms, or could I splash them with my machine gun? That's up to Geist in the moment, really. Okay, sure. Uh, the parameters have changed. I'm using my machine gun. Let's get it and let's roll better. That's wow. That's no. The that's still exact... a fail. <laughs> Wow, so that's a three-three-two instead of a two-two-three. Um, God yeah. damn it! So um, six <laughs> failure dice in a row. You pull up your rifle to snap off some quick shots, and beyond all expectation, targets are destroyed. Six shots hit eight targets in an incredible display of speed and accuracy. But there's almost an inverse delay here. The rifle went off before you had even consciously chosen to fire the first shot, and. It leaves this weird tingling in the back of your head. Yeah, Geist uh, immediately flips on his comm and he's like, what the fuck was that? What was what? The weapon fired on its own. I mean, it it felt like it did. Zagrot kind of ignores your uh, question and says, Garrett, there are some people back at the hangar here to see you. Come back over here and dismount, please. he kicks it back into mobility mode and uh, takes it over to wherever he's supposed to park changeling. Yeah. Uh, You return to the nearby hangar and you feel like the blood pulsing in your body very acutely. Um, But you kind of quickly realize that what you're feeling is not um, blood in your body, but the oils and cooling fluid that are pulsing through the changeling kind of outside of your body. How does my skin look, my blue skin? Does it d- look any different? Um. Mm-hmm. You can't see your body. Like, you know, there's, like, a big camera screen in front of you, I imagine, in the cockpit, right? Oh, yeah. And as as you sense this, you, like, look down and look at your body, and um, the changeling just looks down at the ground, and you can't even... It's like... Your your mind is cropping your body out of it. Yeah. So it's like, can I even see the inside of the cockpit, or am I just like, is it like my physical body vision is just the view screen from the front of the changeling? Yes, that is exactly it. uh, Guy's not supposed to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Um. He starts to panic a little. Maybe not panic, but like something is very clearly wrong. He tries to like move his his body, his real body. Um, just to see if he can do it without moving the changeling itself. Um, yeah, you can't right now. Uh, it's like, ever since that shot went off, you, there's something that, that, like, the the like, the boundary between you and the changeling is gone. You just kind of are it now to the point that, like, you can't feel your own body at all. All you feel is the changeling now. Man, something, just something's going on with my interface. I can't, I can't disengage. I can't get out. Garrett, don't panic. Just pull the ejection lever. Can I even do that? Can I pull the ejection lever? (laughs) You try to pull the ejection lever and the changeling reaches up its arm and pulls in the air, kind of like mimicking you. My, I, I can't see my body. My motions are synced with those of the frame. I can't interface with anything inside of the cockpit. Uh, There's just a silence on the line. Um, and then you feel this, like, very painful jolt. Like you're being yanked through, like, a bush of thorns. And you come slamming, so to speak, back into your body. And the changing just, like, shuts down. Um, and you're going to take the level 2 harm migration feedback. You can resist that as you'd like. I would like to resist it, please. This is going to be a stress resist, right? Uh, you can choose, actually, in this case. Uh, yeah, I'll take the stress resist. Uh, this will be resolved. So here's the thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I roll a 1, I will trauma out during a vignette. I don't want to do that and also I got an extra quirk so I think I will actually instead check off my quirk, uh, the new quirk that I just developed, direct synaptic interface well you don't instead, or wait no it's a number one. of quirks, yeah you would check, check off it. it would be either expertise or acuity, I think this is acuity specifically Okay, uh, cool. so you would check uh, off but, two quirks yeah cause it oh that sucks oh my god I wanna just say fuck it and take the stress roll, but I know for a fact that it will absolutely trauma me out because I have no luck. I mean, look at how I've been rolling so far. That's so a one in two. that's one of the odds. 100%. <laughs> um, sorry, did you say this is the harm or damage? Um, it is a harm. Okay. Uh, but oh, if you resist it, it goes away um, completely. Okay, 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 fuck it. I'll I'll resist with quirks. I'll take two. I'll get rid of my direct synaptic interface and uh, unpredictable boosters. Yeah, I think the, uh, as you get like forcefully shunted out from the machine, you see that there's some physical damage to the connectors that connect it to your skin, like it's sparked a little bit. Ziggurat's voice comes back over the intercom. I've forcefully objected you from the system. Now please dismount. There's someone here to see you and she seems Geist, a little okay. peeved off with you. Well, maybe if he let me know what the hell was going on, it doesn't matter. Geist uh, disengages from the changeling and gets out a little bit unshackled. Now he looks at his skin grafts. Do they look any different? Do they look no, they scorched? Look, they look the same. Um, there's okay. like some soot on them from the ejection, but no physical damage you can see.
2: Okay. I will go, go see who's here
0: to see me. Uh, at the foot of the changeling is Nyla. And she is flanked by two armed men wearing no identifying information. And trailing behind them is, uh, Ziggurat, who looks unusually subdued. All right, Nyla, what, what's going on? I'm sorry to bother you during your training, Geist, but I need you to go with these two men. I cannot say anything more at this time, but rest assured, um, it'll, it'll be fine. Hmm. Geist, uh... I mean, he goes, he goes to walk with them, but he just, um, as he does, he looks at one of them and says, don't suppose you boys can tell me anything about where the fuck you came from? You look into (laughs) black mirrored sunglasses and no expressions. Yeah, that's what I thought. Let's get this over with, whatever the fuck this is. X, Loyal, and Geist. You have any electronics on you confiscated or modified such that they lose any networking capabilities, completely severed from the network and your surroundings. You are each separately and at different times taken to the base's administrative building, to a subterranean section you've never been to before. Nobody here seems to be wearing any identification, and all the doors are likewise unlabeled. You notice a distinct lack of any electronics. Doors are using manual keys. There are no cameras, and there are a number of levers on the wall labeled a power Break." After ten minutes of walking through featureless beige hallways, your escort deposits you in one of these rooms. Inside the room are two folding chairs, each facing each other. One of the chairs is already occupied by a woman wearing a black technician's jumpsuit. Circular scars trace along the bridge of her nose and over her eyes. What do you mean by circular scars? Like perfect circles? It's like almost, almost like an infinity sign. Like vaguely, Mm. uh, except the like middle part where they would join is can like much more rough and scraggly.
1: So, does it look like cosmetic scarification or like an actual wound? Can I tell?
0: Yeah, that'd be a roll, probably a survey.
1: Oh, good thing I have. I got a two failure. (laughs) Yeah,
0: you try to like figure out what. This was caused by, and it's just not in your domain, whatever caused this um, wound. It's just not something you're familiar with. She introduces herself and she says, my name is Whitecliffe. I represent the Soul Union Emergent Personalities Division. Please take a seat.
2: Pleasure to meet you. He sits down. Geist uh,
0: looks around the room a little bit and then um, kind of stomps over and
1: sits down and kind of fixes her with a quizzical look, but doesn't say anything. I say, hold on, I just have to, um, this will be easier if I do this, and I'm just, like, taking the chair and kind of, like, scooting <laughs> it away so I can actually be in front of her. She says, is this fine?
0: She does not respond to your question. This meeting is regarding EP Star Plus Industries Onboard Combat Assistant V2 Model J O 534 colloquially known as Joseph. All responses are being recorded and will be made available should any legal action occur in the future. We have already interviewed all your other squad mates. So please be aware of any contradictions. They will be heavily scrutinized. Any deception can be considered an act of grand sabotage given the subject matter. Do you understand? And Loyal, the part about her having interviewed all your other squad mates is a lie.
1: Hmm. Uh, she can see him eyeing everything in the room. And then he looks back to her and says, I understand.
0: Yeah, I guess I do. Sure, I'll answer
2: to the best of my memory.
0: Could you please state your name for the record? My name is Garrett
1: Hart, callsign Geist. My name is Thunlith.
0: Harold Pritchard. Has Pritchard. the subject, Joseph, indicated any desire to change his current circumstances? No. Not as far as I know. I don't exactly chat with the thing. Has he tampered with any electronic systems outside the scope of his operations on official missions?
2: On official missions. Hex <laughs> rubs his chin, thinks for a moment. I don't recall. Has he done something wrong?
0: Has he
1: displayed any other concerning behavior? Sunnith is just, like, thinking about Joseph in comparison to Geist, who has been displaying the most concerning behavior out of anyone and says no. Are you sure that's the response
0: you'd like to leave on the official record? The penalties for obstructing investigations on emergent personalities are quite severe.
2: Like I said, if this is referencing something specific, I can get more specific, but Joseph has been nothing but a good, reliable squadmate to me, so let me know if this is pertaining anything particular. Are you aware that
0: the subject has killed friendlies in the past? I'm not. I don't suppose you could provide a little context. Unfortunately, I am not able to comment on active investigations. Are you aware that the subject has killed friendlies before? And loyal, this is a lie. No, I am not aware of such a thing. Has he indicated any resentment for his position in the Soul Union? No. I mean, so far as I can tell, he's pretty jazzed that he's able to fly. Are you aware that the subject has been in contact with a splinter group of terrorists known as Gold House?
2: No, I have not. Hex <laughs> is starting to look a little nervous.
0: Anything else? No, look, if, if this thing is a liability, our... Is my team's lives at risk when we get deployed, you know, with him there? There are always risks using weapons of mass destruction. If you have any doubts about him, any small things you've noticed, it would be helpful to hear them.
2: I do not. I have no doubts whatsoever, but, I mean, if he's done something, then I think that speaks more to my feelings towards the... He hesitates to say, man, bot...
0: Using three words, how would you describe the subject? Analytical. Loyal. Human. He seems too human. It
1: kind of freaks me out.
0: Any closing statements?
1: Joseph has been an excellent member of the team and a good companion. I have no issues with his performance or behaviors.
2: Joseph has been nothing but a loyal squadmate, so I could speak to his character, but... Like I said, I'm operating with limited info here.
0: I have a question for you, if you'll humor me after all you wasted my fucking time today. If he's so dangerous, why is he in the field? Why is it that you have this whole fucking secret black box wing with no computers just to put what you very clearly believe to be severe liabilities into the field? Are we that hard up for pilots, really? You're the pilot. You tell me.
2: All right. Geist gets up and goes to leave.
0: Now, if there's not anything else, you may go.
2: Hex gives a nod and exits the room.
1: I look at her again. I know that I cannot look into her mind, but I really want to. I turn around and float away.